Thank you very much, Gertrude. Thank you for, for your prayers. Um, I'll pray a little bit more and then share what the Lord put on my heart. Uh, praise the Lord. Father, I want to thank you so much uh, for you're a faithful God. You're a faithful Father. There is nothing that you cannot do. There is nothing that you cannot change. Lord, I bless your name. I exalt you for this evening. When you give us an opportunity for us to sit at your feet <clears throat> and to hear what you have to say to us. Lord, thank you. Thank you for Saints Cathedral and for these opportunities that we get that in spite of where we are in our separate places, we are able to meet together, to pray together, to listen to you. Lord, I pray that you will help us never to take this for granted because there are many who wish that they would have such opportunities, but they don't have them. There are those who don't even have the time. There are those who don't even have the MBs to connect. Now, Lord, I ask that you forgive us for taking so many things for granted. Just that being able to even read your word without anybody stopping us, being able to meet without anybody getting in our way. We thank you. We ask that you forgive us for anything that may hinder us from hearing you, anything that may hinder you from hearing our prayer tonight. Holy Spirit, we ask that you will come and speak to each one of us. Lord, we hunger for you. We hunger for your word. And Lord, we plead that this time you will clearly speak that each one of us, Lord, will have something to take away from what will be shared, that we will go away having met with you, that we will go away having heard your voice telling us this is the way, walk ye in it. Because, Lord, it shouldn't be just for us to come and listen and then go away and forget what you have told us, but that we should come and learn and be transformed by your word. Lord, I pray that your word will bring transformation as we share it this evening. I exalt you, I bless you, for it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. <clears throat> Thank you so much. Um, once again, I want to give to give thanks to God for making it possible for me to be here and to speak. Yesterday, my voice was nearly gone, so I wasn't sure whether I'd be able to speak, but I thank God that I'm here and I can speak. Uh, thank you very much to the Cathedral Management for an opportunity for me to be able to share, to minister, to be a co-laborer with God by sharing this evening. And uh, I want to thank all of you for being here this evening. And my prayer is that we will all be blessed. My name once again is Kukunda Elizabeth Bachayo. I'm a parishioner at All Saints Cathedral. I work at Uganda Christian University. I live here in Mokono, and I bless the Lord for this opportunity. Our topic, as uh, Gertrude has shared, 
is uh, listening to the spirit in divine service. And it's taken from Acts chapter 20, verse 17 to 30, which I will read. Uh, from verse 17, it says, From Miletus, Paul sent to Ephesus for the elders of the church. When they arrived, he said to them, You know how I lived the whole time I was with you. From the first day I came into the province of Asia, I served the Lord with great humility and with tears and in the midst of severe testing by the plots of my Jewish opponents. You know that I have not hesitated to preach anything that would be helpful to you, but I have taught you publicly and from house to house. I have declared to both Jews and Greeks that they must turn to God in repentance and have faith in our Lord Jesus. And now, compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. I only know that in every city the Holy Spirit warns me that prison and hardships are facing me. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, the task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. Now I know that none of you among whom I have gone about preaching the kingdom will ever see me again. Therefore, I declare to you today that I'm innocent of the blood of any of you. For I have not hesitated to proclaim to you the whole will of God. Keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. So our topic is listening to the spirit in divine service. And I thought I'd start with definition, seeing as I'm a teacher. And to listen is to give one's attention to a sound, to, to hear something with thoughtful attention, uh, to be alert, to catch an expected sound. And so listening to the spirit meaning means giving attention to the spirit, uh, giving consideration, being alert to what the Holy Spirit is saying to us. And divine service means serving the Lord. And uh, John Piper says it's doing what he says in a way that makes him look supremely valuable in himself. It means sub submitting to him in a way that makes him look thrilling. When I looked at that definition, I was, I was amazed. I went like, wow, how, how often do I think of serving the Lord as doing things and doing what he says that makes him look valuable, that makes him look thrilling? The way we serve God should not make him look threatening, but it, it should make him appealing to others when, and that's so that when we submit to him, we are not submitting. Like there are people who serve 
who serve the enemy. They serve not because they love him, but because they are threatened. Uh, when you serve the devil, he, he puts threats on your life that if you do, don't do this, this will happen. But if we serve the Lord, it's not because we are threatened by his authority, but because we love him, because we value him, because we treasure him and we treasure what he says. It is our love that compels us to serve him. And our service to God uh, is based on the fact that he doesn't really need us to serve him. God doesn't need me to speak to you, for example, this evening. He can use any other means uh, to, to reach out to his people. And so he doesn't need me, he doesn't need you <clears throat> to serve him. But he has chosen to make us co-laborers with him because he loves us. It's in, in Acts chapter 17, <clears throat> verse 25, we are told that he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Rather, he gives himself, he gives anyone life and breath and everything else. So we, all that we are, all even whatever we use to serve God comes from him. And so he doesn't need us to give him anything to eat. He doesn't need us to make him God. He is God. Whether we serve him or not, he remains God. And serving God that honors him and makes him valuable is a service that really depends on God. He is the one that gives us the ability to do that. It, he is the one that uh, gives, is constantly giving us, as it says in First Peter chapter 4, Verse 10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks, they should do it. Uh, they should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do it with the strength God provides so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. And so as we speak, as we serve, we are not supposed to use our own strength. We are not supposed to use uh, our own words as we speak. Actually, for me, this is a challenge as I often come fearful. But I have to be reminded that if I'm speaking on his behalf, I should speak as the one who speaks the words of God. It's not my words, but it is as the spirit of God empowers me. <clears throat> it is as the spirit of God strengthens us that we serve him. And for us to be able to serve the Lord in ways that honor him and make him thrilling, we have to be in step with the Holy Spirit. We have to be people who listen to the Holy Spirit. We have to be people who are willing to follow the Holy Spirit. Because if we don't listen, if we don't listen, if we don't pay attention to the Holy Spirit, we are likely to end up serving God in ways that make him unappealing, that doesn't honor him, that doesn't glorify him. We are likely to serve him in ways that make him look like a dictator or an overbearing father, or an overbearing boss. I don't know whether you've served a boss that is overbearing, or whether any of you has had parents that are overbearing. It's not pleasant to serve them, 
you're serving, but you're not really enjoying what you're doing. Yet, uh, as we read in Psalm 100, <coughs> the psalmist is very clear about how we are supposed to serve the Lord. Psalm 100 says, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name for the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. Verse 2 says, serve the Lord with gladness. You can't serve an overbearing God with gladness. You can't serve an overbearing boss with gladness. But God is a loving God. God is good, as it says in verse 5. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever. His faithfulness to all generations. And so we come to him to serve him with gladness, with joy. But this joyful serving of the Lord cannot come from human effort. It cannot become unless we are paying attention to the spirit of the Lord. Because if we don't do that, if we come with human effort trying to serve the Lord, we can end up feeling burdened by divine service. We end up serving because we think that is what is expected of us. And we do it as a duty and you find no joy in it. I don't know whether you have met people who serve the Lord and they are grumbling and they are unhappy and they make you think like serving the Lord is the worst thing that could happen. When we serve the Lord without the help of the Holy Spirit, without paying attention to what the Spirit is saying to us, it's very difficult to continue serving. When we see, when Paul talks about uh, in the passage that we've read, he says, the spirit is compelling me to go to Jerusalem. And although I don't know what will happen to me there, the spirit has warned me that in different places, I'm going to have difficulties and challenges. In serving the Lord, there are difficulties. We face challenges. We face trials. And if you haven't been led by the spirit of the Lord, if you haven't paid attention to the spirit of the Lord and to how he is leading, it's very easy to think that there is no joy and we look at it as a duty. When we serve the Lord when we in, in, and look at it as a duty, we can't make God attractive. We are not likely to bring him honor among people. We have met people who serve grudgingly. They see serving the Lord as a duty and they are bound to do it because it's expected. They don't see it as a joy. They see it as, as a, a burden. Most people who do this, they only look for earthly gains. For example, if, if I'm, you want me to do something at church, what do I gain from it? What, what is my gain? What is the earthly gain? So you find such people looking for compensation for their time in serving the Lord. And instead of seeing it as a privilege for God to make them, to consider them as co-laborers, they'll be asking for compensation. And if it doesn't happen, they don't serve God with gladness. 
And you'll find some people serving God with gladness because there is some um, element of being paid. And such people are really not paying attention to the spirit. They are not listening to the spirit as they serve. Rather, they are listening to themselves. They are listening to their flesh because their flesh will tell you uh, that whenever you do something for someone, there should be a monetary reward or there should be something in reward. Yet divine service is part of our worship to God. It should not be viewed as a burden, but it should be viewed as a joy. As the psalmist uh, has said in Psalm 100, serve the Lord with gladness, serve God with gladness. In other translations, it says worship God with gladness. So our service to God is part of worshiping him and bringing him honor in all we do. And worshiping God requires us to be in step with the spirit. As, he's, as Jesus uh, told that Samaritan woman, those who worship God will worship him in spirit and in truth. We need the leadership of the Holy Spirit to be able to worship God in spirit and in truth. And that is when we can worship him in ways that lift him up, in ways that make him honored, in ways that make people want to serve him, that make people become drawn to him. Paul is a very good example of someone who served the Lord without expecting earthly rewards. When we read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, verse 4, it says, but just as we have been approved by God to be entrusted with the gospel, so we speak, not to please man, but to please God who tests our hearts. For we never came with words of flattery, as you know, nor with a pretext for greed. God is witness. Nor did we seek glory from people, whether from you or from others, though we could have made demands as apostles of Christ. But we were gentle among you, like a nursing mother taking care of her own children. So being affectionately desirous of you, we were ready to share with you not only the gospel of God, but also our own selves, because you had become very clear, very dear to us. For you remember, brothers, our labor and toil. We worked night and day that we might not, burden to, not be a burden to any of you while we proclaim to you the gospel of God. You are witnesses. And God also, how holy and righteous and blameless was our conduct towards you believers. For you know how, like a father with his children, we exalted each one of you and encouraged you and charged you to walk in a manner worthy of God, who calls you into his own kingdom and glory. Paul was able to do this. He was able to serve. He was able to, to, to love people and to serve them without being a burden to them because he walked in step with the Spirit. He, he paid attention to where the Spirit led him. In fact, in some places, uh, I think in Acts, we read where he was trying to go somewhere and the Spirit would not let him. He, he blocked him from going uh, to those places until that call to Macedonia. Paul was always listening and paying attention to where the spirit was leading him. And because he knew that wherever he was being, he, wherever, he, wherever he ended up was where the spirit had led him. He was able to serve with joy. 
in spite of the trials and tribulations that he faced. He would labor, he would toil, he would work night and day, but he would be doing what he knew. He knew where the spirit, it is the spirit who had led him where he was. In our passage today, we see that uh, Paul's life in Asia among the Ephesians, he was led by the spirit of God. He served the Lord with all humility. He didn't seek to lord it over the Ephesians. This only comes when somebody is walking in step with the spirit. Because much as he had introduced the gospel to the Ephesians, he didn't try to claim them. He didn't try to say, you owe me. You should give me this and the other. But he was humble. And the humility in service is a result of being under the spirit's guidance. He served the Lord with tears. He served the Lord with trial and with trials. When the Jewish uh, leaders were plotting to kill him, they plotted to have him flogged. He didn't think about his life. He didn't shrink from declaring, declaring uh, the gospel of Christ. He continued to teach in public. He continued to teach from house to house. He testified to Jews and to Gentiles about repentance toward God and of faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. This is somebody who was fully controlled by the Holy Spirit. That is why he says, he tells them that I was, that he, I am being um, constrained. I'm being forced, controlled by the Spirit to go to Jerusalem. He says he didn't know what would happen to him, but he only had an inkling that the Spirit had testified to him that in every city, imprisonment and afflictions awaited him. But Paul was not daunted by these expected afflictions because, first of all, he knew that he had heard from God. He had heard from the Spirit of God that this is where he was supposed to be going. And so he didn't shrink back. He didn't hold back. But also he didn't count his life as of any value, as he said. He didn't count himself, his life, as precious to himself. As far as his, he was concerned, his life was of value only in as far as sharing the gospel of Christ was concerned. And I thought about this and I wondered how many of us can say this with Paul, that I, I'm being led by the Spirit to go in such and such a village. I'm being led by the Spirit. Actually, he says, I'm being constrained. I'm being forced, I'm being controlled by the Spirit to go in a place where I'm likely to face imprisonment and afflictions. Are we that intently paying attention to the Holy Spirit? When we go to different places where we go to minister or where we go to serve, are we led by the Spirit? Do we listen? to what the Spirit is saying? Do we listen to where the Spirit is leading us? Or do we just go because somebody over there is uh, maybe has invited us, there is something, or we are attracted by something? If we knew that if I go to a town in maybe in Masaka to preach the gospel, I'm likely to be imprisoned. I'm likely to be flogged. I'm likely to be afflicted. If the Spirit told us that, 
would we listen? Would we pay attention to that? Or would we think, ah, no, as Christians, especially these days when there is the preaching of uh, prosperity and all things going well for you if you're a Christian. If the Spirit told you if you go to Nasana to preach, you're going to be imprisoned. You're going to be beaten up. But go. He still compels you to go. Would you go? Would you know? Would you say this was the spirit of God? Would you be able to discern? Would I be able to discern and say this is where the Lord, the spirit is leading me? Or would I think, no, that can't be the Holy Spirit. But Paul says the only thing that made it worth living for him was to be able to finish his ministry. The ministry that he had received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. Would we be able to continue the journey even if we know we knew that it meant imprisonment and possible death? To be able to do that, we need to be able, we would need to know how, how the spirit leads. We would need to know the spirit. We would need to be intimately connected to the spirit so that when he speaks, we would be able to know this is the spirit leading me. Paul was able to keep in step with where the Spirit wanted him to go because he had made listening to the Holy Spirit a habit of the heart. If we are to serve the Lord as he deserves, we also need to make listening to the Holy Spirit a habit of the heart. One of the things that we need to be able to do is to make waiting on the Holy Spirit a daily habit. When we read in the Acts of the Apostles, we see that the disciples had chosen to make listening to the Spirit a habit. In chapter 1, we read that Jesus commanded his disciples to stay in Jerusalem until they had received what the Father had promised. The promise was the Holy Spirit. And as they, as they waited and worshipped the Lord, the Spirit came upon them with great power and empowered them to go and serve the Lord boldly. Of course, they needed to have first, they already had a, a relationship with God. Because without God, without having that relationship with God, you, you really can't be able to know uh, that the spirit, that even the spirit exists. So before you can even learn to make waiting for the spirit a habit, you also need to be in relationship with Jesus Christ. You need to have given your life to Christ Jesus. And then we can also wait on him. These disciples, when they waited upon the Holy Spirit and he empowered them, they had been intimidated. They had had a relationship with Jesus Christ. They had believed him. They had walked with him for three years. But when he, Jesus was arrested and murdered, they became intimidated and they all went into hiding. It was as they waited, when, when after they had seen Jesus, even after he had resurrected, they still were fearful. But when they, the Lord told them to wait upon them, to wait upon the Spirit, once the Spirit had come upon them, they were emboldened. They were able to witness in Jerusalem. They didn't care. They didn't care that in the very recent past, their, their master had been murdered in that very city. 
they forgot about that because the spirit had come into their lives. It was very crucial that they waited for the Lord. They were able to wait for the spirit. And once the spirit came into their lives, they were able to move. They were able to act. You can imagine what would have happened if the disciples had decided to go and start preaching and talking about Jesus and his resurrection before they had been empowered by the Holy Spirit. If they had met resistance, if they had met affliction, like they did, of course, after they had received the Holy Spirit, when they met resistance and affliction, it didn't matter. Uh, and one of, I think in the recent past, we were, we were listening to one of us who shared about they were put in jail, they were, all sorts of things were done to them, but that didn't, it didn't stop them because they had the Holy Spirit. But if the Holy Spirit hadn't come upon them, at the first case of resistance, at the first case of affliction, they would have given up and gone back fishing, just as they did after the death of Jesus. Because even knowing that Jesus had risen from the dead was not enough to keep them going. They needed to wait. They needed to first receive the empowerment by the Spirit. That is what kept them going in spite of the persecutions, the flogging, the difficulties that they faced. They were able to keep going because the Holy Spirit was now upon them. The Holy Spirit was leading them. They were listening to the Spirit. They were walking in step with the Spirit. Many Christians today try to serve the Lord with their own strength. They don't wait on the Spirit of the Lord. They try to do the things that they think they are supposed to do. They think is their duty. But as soon as they face challenges, they are quick to throw in the towel. They go back to their original jobs. They say it is too hard because without the spirit to keep them going, they become very easily discouraged. The other thing that we need to do apart from waiting and listening to the spirit is we are also supposed to sit and listen to the spirit and discern what he's telling us through prayer and reading the Bible and fellowshipping with mature people, spiritually mature people. You cannot listen to the Holy Spirit just by out of in a vacuum. We have to pray. We have to read uh, the word of the Lord. And as we pray, as we read the word of the Lord, the Spirit speaks to us. The Spirit brings a word in our, in our minds. The Spirit, even the, the other waiting, when they waited, they had been with the, with the Lord and they had been praying. So with us also, to be able to listen and discern what the Spirit is telling us, we need to be immersed in the word of God. Because we need to be able to test whether what we hear and sense while we were waiting and worshiping the Lord is from the Spirit. Because it's also possible for you to sit and wait, but if you have not been immersed in the word of God, if you don't know Christ, if you have no relationship with Jesus Christ, you can easily be deceived. Sometimes people can deceive us, as we read, as we read in, our, in, our, in the passage today, uh, Paul was warning, that when he had, after he had gone, there would be those who would come and declare 
and uh, try to to take people away from from the kingdom. It says in in verse 28, keep watch over yourselves and all the flock of which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Be shepherds of the church which he bought with his own blood. I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock. Even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. So be on your guard. Remember that for three years, I never stopped warning each of you night and day with tears. There are people, even from our own number, that are likely to arise and distort the truth because they want to draw disciples after them. It didn't end in the days of Paul. Unfortunately, it is still among us. There are people, as Paul calls them, savage wolves who have come in among us and who will not spare the flock. The people who will be spared are people who listen to the Spirit. Those who sit under the, the guidance of the Spirit, who read the Word of God, who meditate on it day and night as we are encouraged, as Joshua was encouraged to do in Joshua 1, to meditate on the Word of the Lord, so that when the, some people who have different spirits come and they try to draw us away, we are able to say, no, that is not the spirit. That does not align with the word of the Lord. Sometimes we may be led by others who think, who we think know better than us. And other times it is our own desires that lead us. But whatever ideas come our way, they all need to be tested through reading of the scripture, through reading to the Lord, uh, praying to the Lord. It requires regular communication with God. If you don't have a regular communication with God, you're likely to be led astray. You may not be able to recognize when the spirit is speaking, but we have to immerse ourselves in the word of God so that we are able to distinguish between the spirits. As one uh, writer has said, the Lord wants us to hear his spirit. In fact, he wants every believer to hear his spirit. But we have to develop the habit of quieting our hearts and minds in order to read and understand scripture that helps us to hear the spirit. We are not going to be able to hear the spirit, to listen to the spirit when we are too busy running around, listening to everything. These days we have social media that demands our attention almost 24-7. Then we have TV. Then we have so many other things. We have people speaking into our hearts. We need to be able to develop the habit of quieting our hearts and minds. Being quiet, reading the word of God, understanding what the scripture says. And as we read, then we are able to hear what the spirit is saying to us. As it says in, in Revelations, Jesus keeps saying, let them who have ears hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. But if you don't pay attention, if you don't quiet your heart, if you don't put aside time when you're quiet, when you're not looking at so many other things, then it, it's likely that you miss what the Spirit wants to speak to you. And then lastly, thirdly, when we hear the Spirit, we have to be willing to obey 
and do what he tells us if we are to continue hearing and listening to and being able to serve uh, the Lord joyfully. Because many times the Spirit speaks to us and we are not willing to do what he says. And when we are unwilling to listen or to do what he says, sometimes the Spirit will just let us be. So are we listening to the Spirit? When the Spirit speaks, do you understand what he's saying? And when you understand, are you ready to obey what he's saying? In the, in the book of, uh, of uh, Acts of the Apostles, the apostles were able to demonstrate the life, uh, a life of a disciple who listens to the Spirit. Whenever he would tell them, do this, they would go. They didn't just go through life haphazardly. Neither did they just sit and do nothing. They listened to the Spirit's leading and they went and they turned their then world upside down. We too need to be ready to listen and to obey the Spirit so that our service to God is not directed by our own instincts or by what others tell us, but by God himself through his Spirit. However, when we disobey the voice of the Spirit, he will not force us. As someone has said, the Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will not force himself on us. He speaks sometimes quietly so that when you're not attentive, you may miss his voice. And he does not force us, but he expects us to obey. And when we choose, when we choose to obey, he continues to guide us. We should pray that we don't become disobedient and become blunt and unable to hear the voice of the Lord. When we do not listen to the Spirit of God as we try to serve God, we end up resentful as we continue using our own carnal mind and our own carnal strength. We end up stressed and burnt out because we are not paying attention to what the Spirit is telling us. And so we involve ourselves in so many things that are irrelevant to what God wants us to do. We become non-productive. You're busy working for the Lord, but you're not making any impact because you're not listening to the Lord. You're not paying attention to where the Spirit is leading you. We make wrong choices. We, we, instead of doing what the Lord wants us to do, we are busy doing things in the wrong place. I think it's this week when somebody talked about doing the right thing at the wrong time or doing wrong thing at the right time. We, we, we are likely to make wrong choices if we are not paying attention to the Holy Spirit. My prayer is that each one of us that is here that has listened to this message will be like these people that Isaiah talks about in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, that those who wait on the Lord will find new strength. As we wait on the Lord and listen to his Holy Spirit, he then strengthens us and gives us the ability to serve him and to serve him faithfully and to bring him honor and to draw so many others to him. Let us pray. 
Father, I want to thank you for your word. Thank you that you clearly tell us that without you, we can do nothing. Lord, I pray that as we seek to serve you, we will never try to attempt to do anything in our own power, with our own guidance, but that we will always seek the guidance of your spirit. Help us, Holy Spirit, to pay attention to your still small voice that still speaks up to now, that when you speak, Lord, we will obey. Bless you, Lord. We exalt you. For it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Back to you, Gertrude. Amen. 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 Um, um, Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much, uh, Sister Liz. You have really, really, you have really exhausted this uh, word. And we really bless the Lord. Um, there are just uh, uh, key things that I wanted to highlight even as our sister was sharing. I think I'll just highlight three key areas for prayer. And uh, the first one is when she was talking about listening to the Holy Spirit, you cannot listen to the Holy Spirit when you are not grounded in the place of prayer and in the place of the word of God reading the word and keeping in constant fellowship. You just can't listen to the Holy Spirit in a virtue. And immediately my mind was driven to to John chapter 10. And John chapter 10 says, Most assuredly, I say to you, that he who does not enter, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, The same is a thief and a robber, but he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. And when he brings out his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger but will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. Jesus used uh, this illustration, he spoke to them, even at the time when Jesus used this illustration, the disciples at that time, remember at that time, were not even able to perceive what he was saying. And now he, they, they, when they waited in Acts chapter 2, when they waited and got empowered by the Holy Spirit, they were now able to discern. And we just see this very evident from the portion of scripture that has been shared to us. Paul, Paul is, is, is talking about the Spirit prompting him to go somewhere and, pre- and actually preparing him for what is going to lie ahead. And I was really challenged when we think about our lives right now. Are you able to discern the voice of the Spirit? Do you know when the Lord is speaking? Are you able to witness within you that this is the voice of the Lord? This is the voice of the Lord. Recently, I was just challenging a colleague of mine and telling them, we have plans, we make plans, but the Lord has the final word. But he has also given us an opportunity to consult with him and to inquire of him. And the Bible says that when we ask, he will He will answer. When we knock, the door will be opened unto us. When we, when we seek, we shall find. 
let's just pray in that line that that we shall be we shall be aligned to be able to uh, to discern the voice of God in this time and season that we are living in, brethren. We are living in a time where there is so much noise around us, so much noise, and the noise is being shouted at the rooftops, at the, at the mountaintops. In the different mountains of influence we have all been positioned at, we are hearing so much, we are seeing so much happening, but how are we able to discern the voice of the Spirit of God? We read in this same portion of scripture in Acts chapter uh, chapter 20, where they've, our sister has been sharing, that there would, Paul is even warning them about wolves. And uh, English scholars here will agree with me that we talk about somebody, people manifesting as uh, wolf in sheep clothing. How are we able to discern this, to discern the voice of the Lord? In this day and age, brethren, we need more than ever for our spiritual antennas to be alert, to be able to pick the right signal, the correct signal. Father, we pray even right now under the voice of your word, that King of glory, we will be aligned to discern, to discern, to discern your voice from the voice of strangers, from the voice that is not of you, Father. We want, we declare that, Lord, we, 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 we commit all our, our leaders, we commit all, all our leaders, King of glory, before you, that when they speak, they will only speak of what you have, you have instructed of your teaching and instruction, King of glory, that, Lord, we shall not be held captive under the, 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 the leadership of, of, of savage wolves, of, of, the, of people that are actually strangers. King of glory, may you raise up among us, Lord, an army of believers that will be able to discern the times and seas glory that you will raise the men and women like the sons of men and to know your voice O king of glory and 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 secondly uh they talked about uh, something to do with um they talked yes i think uh, there's a, a point where she was talking about Humility in service is evident. It's an evidence of being spirit-led. And, and when you think humility in service, how many times? This, 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 I feel like this book of Acts is really triggering a lot in terms of leadership. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, basically, it's really triggering a lot in, in, in terms of the leaders, the leadership, the fivefold ministry. And how we carry on with the gifts that the Holy Spirit has given to us. Some of us end up exalting, exalting the gift more than the gifter, the one that gives the gift. We we seek the gift more than the the gifter, and and we forget the place of the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says that uh, God exalts the the humble, but He 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 He, he brings down the proud. Uh, he brings down the proud, and 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 the aspect there that was made that I actually picked on was that, that a place of obedience and trust 
we see Paul, even when the Holy Spirit prompted him to go to a place and had already prepared him for even the trials and temptations that he was going to encounter, he did not back down. Sometimes when we hear a voice and it is not in agreement with our comfort, we sometimes put that voice away or we, we silence that voice. And you know the beauty about the, the good of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? He does not... He does not um, he does not, he's not forceful. He does not impose. The Holy Spirit does not impose. And when you, you voice dies, other voices will begin to speak louder. And then you desire the comfort. It does not come with comfort. How I pray that the Lord will lead us on the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And on the path of righteousness is obedience and trust. Trust and obey. Anglicans, we love to sing this. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Oh, Lord, may we trust and obey. May, we, may, we, may you lead us as our shepherd. Your word says in Psalms 23 that you are our shepherd. We shall not want. You lead us beside the still waters. You restore our souls. You guide us in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. That even when we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we fear no evil because you are with us. Because your rod and your staff, they will comfort us. We see that the apostles went through trials and temptations, and yet because their time had not yet come to die, they still persevered and endured. Father, how I pray that you will cultivate in us a heart of perseverance and endurance, King of glory. That when we walk this path of obedience and trust, Lord, we know that, that obedience is far much better than sacrifice. Father, forgive us where we have opted to sacrifice, to offer a sacrifice besides hearing your voice and what you have to say. Like King Saul, many of us have rushed to offer sacrifices without hearing, without listening to your voice, without obeying your voice. King of glory, we pray that you will cause us to, 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 to submit to the, to the leadership of the Holy Spirit, King of glory, that you lead us to submit to the leadership of your Holy Spirit. And then lastly, Romans chapter, Romans chapter 13. Verse 11 to 14. Our sister was talking about keeping watch over ourselves and being on our guard. Uh, we did also still in the same portion of scripture. Uh, Paul is talking to to this to the Ephesians that the, the elders of in Ephesus and encourage and telling them to be on the on the lookout. You know, to be on the lookout. And you and I are watchmen that the Lord has positioned. You know, he has positioned us at the doors and the entrances of the temple of the Lord. Not to be silent. Not to be silent. Day and night, he has positioned the cathedral and makes it the praise of Kampala, the praise of Uganda, the praise of the earth. So if you and I have been called to be watchmen, the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 13, and verse 11 to, to 14, that and do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer 
than when we first believed. The night is fast spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast out, cast off the works of darkness, and let us put the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the day. Not in lewdness and the Lord Jesus Christ, and make no provision for us to bring repentance. Where where we have repentance, repentance where we we identify with the sins of the, the, the congregation. Where where we 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 have drunkenness literally happening, you know, in the body of Christ, lust and 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 all these other acts of the flesh. The Bible tells us in Galatians chapter five. That when we keep in step with the Holy Spirit, we shall not gratify the desires of the flesh. We shall not gratify the desires of the flesh, brethren, only by keeping in step with the Holy Spirit. Father, have mercy, have mercy on us and, and, and have your way, King of glory. Father, remember mercy on all saints cathedral. Remember mercy on our leadership. Remember mercy, Lord. For on us as a church and as a body of Christ, we are king of glory. We have not been awake as watchmen. We have not been alert as watchmen that you have positioned at the entrances of this church and this cathedral, Father. We pray, King of glory, that you will, you will bind us together, King of glory. Cover us and shield us by your precious blood, O oh God, that we shall be able to arise and keep watch and keep watch and be able to cast off all the works of darkness and put on the armor of light that we may walk properly as in the day, that we may not grope about in the darkness like those that do not see where they are going. Father, we, we honor you. We continue to, to we put on your full armor according to Ephesians 16. We put on your full armor and we ask that King of glory, you will equip us for battle, you will equip us for battle, that the Holy Spirit will empower us, King of glory, bold, and speak louder than louder than the voices of the enemies that keep to, seem to be surrounding us, O oh Lord. And above all, Lord, that you will ground us in prayer, in word, and in constant fellowship with one another. We give you thanks, O oh God, and we give you praise. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.